Here we go. What's up, guys? It is Coach Theo, and we're talking about understanding the spiritual gifts, lesson number two. Did you hear lesson number one, the top 10 things you need to know about spiritual gifts? If not, you should go listen to that. We will continue to reinforce some of those top 10 today and as we go in this series, but it's a great basic foundational understanding that will help you. It will address some major questions and gives you a lot of the main scriptures about spiritual gifts. All right, but we're going to go into some of those um, in depth today as we go through this new teaching as well. So let's just get right into this. Lesson number two, we're in 1 Corinthians 12. Again, looking at what Paul, the Apostle Paul, says to us about exercising spiritual gifts. Let's understand why. Let's pull away three things. I kind of broke it up into three parts. Part one, be a spiritual Christian. What does that mean? Part two, um, part two, where, where is my part two? It's the same spirit, different gift. Same spirit, different gift. That's important to know. That changes the game for many and their understanding. And part three, your gift matters. Did you know that? That's really important. And look, stay with me because at the end here, this last little paragraph of chapter 12, I think gives us some cool takeaways that are, that are important to know. So let's just go through this quick, guys. I just want you to know his word, what he's saying here, and some main bullet points. You know, Paul is right off the rip saying, Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. Now remember why Paul writes to the Corinthians in the first place. He had spent time with them. He then left them for a few years, received letters that they were really messing up. They looked like mature Christians, but technically they were living in sin, tolerating sin, being immoral. And he writes back to them because he also hears that they're malpracticing the use of spiritual gifts. So in 12 right here and in 14, what we're seeing is him addressing this. Uh, He says, you know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute and dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So they're misusing the gifts, wrong focus, and then what's happening, they're misleading others. So it's important for him to clear this up. If you're going to do this, this better not be your pagan spirituality this better be your christian spirituality that's why i say be a spiritual christian what does that mean i don't know if you know this but you can be spiritual but not christian perhaps these guys were speaking in tongues but it wasn't the holy spirit you can be a christian but not spiritual perhaps these guys put their faith in christ but they weren't being led by the spirit and instead, we're still falling into the flesh, which we know they were. If you read the whole chapter of Corinthians, he calls them out on so many things. So Paul wants them to be a spiritual Christian. He wants us to be spirit-led. One of the things we see here is, how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit? No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. How would we know? Everything that we judge, see, witness, experience here, if it's the Holy Spirit, he would always point back to Jesus Christ. So let me read you some scripture and I'll ask you a few questions that help you distinguish works of the Holy Spirit and not of just someone being spiritual, but being Christian focused. Uh, Jesus made it really plain in John 15 saying that when the Holy Spirit would come, he will testify 
of me, he said. He will glorify me, Jesus said. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. In John 16, he tells us. So the Holy Spirit would always point back to Jesus. Here's five marks of distinguishing the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, according to John Edwards, who is a theologian and teacher. I don't know exactly everything he thought about the Holy Spirit, but he, he had really five really good questions that help us think about this. Does it, meaning like the spiritual gifts or the experience or the encounter or what you're hearing and witnessing, exalt Christ? Does it oppose worldliness? Because if you're pointing back to your pagan practices, Corinthians, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would oppose those sinful ways. Does it point people to scriptures? Does it elevate truth? Does it produce love for God and for others? Also, 1 John 4, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and now it is already in the world. See what I mean? You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. See, they are from the world, he tells us, therefore they speak as from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. The one who knows God listens to us. The one who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error or falsehood. So be a spiritual Christian. Part two, moving on. Same spirit, different gift. Paul's going to say, you know, there's going to be different gifts, different ministries, different activities, different manifestations, but they're all the same Lord, the same God, the same Spirit is given to each person for what? The common good. Because remember, gifts serve the body, the greater good. They edify, they build up, they strengthen. To one, and he'll, so right here he's going to start to list some of the gifts. But he's going to keep coming back to the same spirit. So he'll say, to one, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation, but one and the same spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person, catch this, as he wills. So different gifts and activities and ministries and effects and manifestations, but it's the same spirit, guys. When Jesus told his disciples, get out there and, and heal people and cast out demons, deliver people, cure diseases, it's the same spirit that he gave them that is in us. So same giver, we must seek the giver, not the gifts. Why? Because look what he tells us, it's his will so a manifestation is given common question is um is the holy spirit always present yes the holy spirit is always present can the manifestations or will they be different absolutely it's his will you may see some amazing things at conversion you may feel like disconnected or distant he's still there you may go through other times and see the manifestations and experience them again in a more powerful outpouring display. So it can change. Do you receive different gifts at different times or can you receive a new one at a different time? Yes, that can happen too. Even contingent upon what you're going through at that moment, that can happen too. Part three, really important. If you fell asleep, make sure you wake up because you got to catch this. Paul addresses that your gift matters and he addresses that diversity in the body is important and that's what actually unifies and strengthens and he uses a cool analogy of the body different parts whether your head foot toenail 
elbow, it matters. He even comes from both approaches. One of if you feel insignificant, you shouldn't because it matters. And if you feel like someone is insignificant because they're not where you're at or don't have the gift that you have, that's wrong because their gift still matters. And at the end, he says some things that I think are really important for us to hear. So let me just highlight a few notes here. Because remember, we say your gift is different, but they're not ranked in order of value. Your gifts are not the same as other people and don't compare because God blessed you the way he wanted to. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, he says. And look, indeed, the body is not one part but many. So if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And he says the same thing about the ear. If I'm not an eye and I say I don't belong to the body, that's wrong. It's not for any reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were the same thing, if the whole body were an eye, he says, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So if the whole body is the same, where do we get all of our other senses? We need diversity. As it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. Then look on the other side. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. That's wrong. Again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, if someone has a different gift than you, it's not a measure of spiritual maturity necessarily. He says, on the contrary, those parts are indispensable. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division but that members would have the same concern for each other. So all gifts matter. Variety is essential. Now where he will confuse us a little bit, but I don't think it's super confusing, is that this very last chapter of 1 Corinthians 12, he starts to list gifts in a descending order of priority. Why does he do that? He says, now in the church, God has appointed first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, next miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, leading various kinds of tongues. So he actually lists them. I mean, he literally saying first, second, third. Well, I think what we can pull away is all, all gifts are vital, all gifts are necessary and essential. But yes, some are going to probably be more crucial than others. A quick example would be like, I mean, this might be too simple, but greater is the effect of a teacher on a congregation and the functioning of the body than someone cleaning the floors using their gift of service meaning i guess if you walked into a congregation you might not notice the floors but you're going to notice a really negative false teacher who's destroying with false doctrine and messing up the body of christ right like that's going to be a more crucial gift on the body that's one way I can interpret what he's saying here. And then he will go on to say, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all do miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? So he's addressing these guys again saying, you know that not all of you have all of the gifts. So in a way, he's kind of striking a death blow to any theory that if you have the spirit, then you would have this gift. 
that's a really good takeaway. Because now you know that essentially, depending on what terms or phrases people like to use, they can't tell you that if you had the Spirit, then you would have this gift. Because Paul is basically showing us right here in this chapter that you're not going to have all the gifts. And what did we see? They're gifts that are given. We can't earn them. And God chooses. It's His will. So we're all equally important, but essentially there might be some more crucial gifts than others, but God determines them. Same Spirit, but He determines our gifts, ministries, effectiveness, manifestations, etc. And Paul says, desire the greater gifts, but I will show you a better way. And don't forget, he leads into the greatest chapter on love right after this chapter in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Why that's so important, that's got to override everything. So in a nutshell, he's teaching us to be spiritual Christians. We're always going to point to Jesus. If it is the Holy Spirit, how do you know? That's how you would know. He gets glorified no matter what happens. He gets the credit. And then you don't have to feel insecure if something doesn't happen. If you go to pray for someone and healing doesn't happen because it's God's plan, God's will, we're just a conduit. Uh, The same power and same spirit that was in Jesus, his disciples, and early believers is the same power and spirit within us. They're just going to be different gifts. But that's great because he tells us it matters. Our gift matters no matter what. Now, why does all this talk matter, though, anyways? Well, I came across this today, and I'll finish with it. The accurate gospel message. I always say, we always have to tell people that it's not just being saved. Like, that's amazing, but it's being saved from what? Sin. By an amazing Savior who saved us from sin. But then even more than that, like that's the biggest blessing in the world. And yes, that's the ultimate goal. Jesus says to his disciples when they do go out, and heal people and cast out demons they come back and tell him even the demons submit in your name and he's like yeah but greater is it that your name is in heaven it's it's the one thing that we want for everybody to be saved but also to be doers of the word because the savior didn't just save us from sin he saved us from the consequences of sin so not just doing as in repenting not just doing as in growing in sanctification and spiritual maturity and reading our bible and praying but also in the fact that Jesus saved us from the consequences of sin, including demonic torment, sickness, disease. And this is a much more holistic understanding of the work of Christ. So not just limiting to the amazingness of forgiveness and salvation, but expanding it to including healing and deliverance. That's the kingdom gospel message. And the spiritual gifts help us be doers in that way, which impacts our present life not just life after death. I don't know if that hit someone, but it hit me. We're going to stop right there. We're moving on to lesson three. Stay with us. We'll be breaking down the descriptions of these gifts. We didn't do that today. He, Paul listed some, and there's many more. And what we'll do is give some bullet points about each gift so you can start figuring out how did God gift you so we can tap into them, practice them, train them, and then we'll look at some more teachings on spiritual gifts. So stay tuned. Stay with us. God bless you guys and have a fantastic day.